Welcome to the Odyssey Podcasts. This is Jean Cavellos, Director of the Odyssey Writing Workshops Charitable Trust. Odyssey is a nonprofit with the mission of helping writers of fantasy, science fiction, and horror improve their work. To fulfill our mission, we offer a six week workshop each summer in New Hampshire, online writing courses and webinars each winter a critique service and consultations year-round, and many free resources, including these podcasts. Please consider making a donation to Odyssey so more writers can build their skills and realize their dreams. We can only continue each year with the support of donors like you. For more information on Odyssey, visit odysseyworkshop.org. Podcast 109 is an excerpt from a lecture by J.A. White at Odyssey 2017 on writing across a large canvas. The text of this recording is copyright 2017 by J.A. White. The sound recording is copyright 2018 by Odyssey Writing Workshops Charitable Trust. Write it across a large canvas. So what I want to start with is to get an idea of books that you get lost in. So what I think of as those are books where you are thinking about them when you're not reading them. If you're at work, you're like, oh, man, I can't wait to get home so I can like get back and see what happens in that book. Uh, specifically, longer novels or series? Like, what do you guys got? Harry Potter. The Dark Materials. Oh, cool. Game of Thrones. Great. Gunslinger. Ooh, okay. Dark Tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mistborn, that's a good one. And McCaffrey's whole thing. The whole thing. Burn. <laughs> These are some of the ones that I had. Like, there's a book called Swan Song by a, a horror writer that I really like, Robert McCammon, who currently is writing these really good historical novels. Uh, Loves and Dove, I'm not like a Western guy, but that was a great book. And the characters in that book, and he's, he's just a really excellent writer, and Harry Potter series would be another one that grabbed me. You know, Dickens, uh, going to like classics. When I first read Dickens in high school, I didn't like it at all. And, you know, sometimes you revisit books later. And kind of recently, I read Great Expectations. I'm like, oh my God, this Dickens guy is pretty good. Uh, I think what gives his stories their epic feel in a lot of these is you go through a whole life. You know, you're, not, you're really going from like begin to end, or it's the passage of time and years that give it more that sort of long quality. What justifies telling a story that long? Because you're, you're taking a big step, a big time commitment. So what, what do you think would be the reason why or you would tell a story, Alan. Yep. I mean, the ones I love, it's just the world building, that you're, like, slowly learning more and more. You keep learning the magic system. Yeah, and Sanderson's really good at that sort of keep the pages turning, but he's always throwing new information at you. And there is that slow burn quality, uh, which is my favorite style of writing. You know, someone like Stephen King is very good at that, where he spends time setting up the world, and then it gets really crazy at the end. So... The good part about that is when those things happen, you're so invested in the story and the characters that it's very meaningful. Now, Robert Jordan had a problem where he would include too much of his world, like way too much. And I think 
George R. R. Martin has the same problem with the later Game of Thrones books, and uh, I love fantasy and science fiction because of the world. I mean, you're getting to go to these places that don't exist, and as a writer, you're really getting to stretch your imagination. So that, that sort of balancing what do you leave in your notebook and is just implied, and what do you actually include on a page? How do you convey that information? Other things about, yep. What I like about The Long is like Lonesome Dove, mm-hmm. and there's another one, The Passage, but just think from Oh, great book. Yeah. yeah um, the large cast of characters mm-hmm. and getting those multiple viewpoints. Cool. So, so it's an ensemble. Yeah. You know, and, and you're right. You get to, it's more of a challenge um, for, for those types of books because you are constantly switching viewpoints. You really have more than one main character. The Stand would be another one that has multiple viewpoints. So if you like a big fat challenge, <laughs> that's good. And then as a reader, there's always going to be viewpoints that you prefer over other ones, which is kind of cool, because then you're like, all right, I don't really love this character, but I know this one's coming up. So as opposed to just having that one main character where if the reader doesn't like it, you're kind of in trouble. Tyrion got me through a lot of the Game of Thrones. Uh, I think there was one where he was barely in it, and I was like, oh. Um, How's an author hold a reader's interest for so many pages? So when you have that big big novel, that big canvas, what are sort of the tricks, or what, when you're reading those novels, what's holding your interest? I know I have an answer, but I'm curious what you guys think. What's keeping the pages turning? Yeah? When it's multiple viewpoints, I think just the like inherent tension of knowing it's going to collide. And okay, yeah, that, that's a nifty trick, especially when geographically characters are separated, and you're like, I wonder what's going to happen when these two characters finally meet? Sure, absolutely, yes. I like when when characters are like learning and changing, just like trying to see what they're gonna become. And yeah, and, and when you have that big wall novel or series, there's a lot of change that happens. If your character doesn't change, that's when things start to feel static. For for me, it, it is all about the the characters and uh, with the multiple viewpoints, particularly in a fantasy novel, there there is always the risk that a character could die or you know something terrible can happen. That's always fun to do. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, Lonesome Dove, especially, the characters in that are so well drawn. And you're, you almost, it's almost like you're hanging out with them to a certain degree. Like, you just get used to seeing them interact. And because there is more interaction, naturally, in a longer novel, you get to know them better. Just like if you were to see somebody every day, you get to know them better. And that is uh, just a natural progression of having that many pages to play around with. So I think all those things... Uh, so large canvas, multiple book series, and long standalones, and usually they take place over many years. Like uh, the Justin Cronin book, The Passage, I mean, that's thousands of years, you know, uh, and he did a really good job, really well-written book. So, so we have continuing series. So that's Game of Thrones, Mistborn, where one is naturally, it's just one big story that's split into four parts. So my book, The Thicket, is, is a continuing series. The other type of series is episodic, uh, so mystery series, like I really like John Connolly, Ruth Rendell, and Elizabeth George, just some of my favorites. And with that, it's each story is its own individual thing, but there's usually going to be carryover from one to the other. It could be like a romantic relationship, and you're you know, doing the traditional, will these two characters get together, or or whatnot, but you could almost read them out of order and it wouldn't matter too much, whereas opposed with the continuing series, if you hop in book two, you'd be kind of lost. And then there's one of my favorites, which is an episodic continuing. (laughs) 
And that, so there's Tana French writes these really brilliant novels. She's amazing to the point where I actually like physically get ill reading her books because I'm like, I will never be that good ever because she's just amazing. And with those, she writes about the same group of police detectives, but she changes the main character in each book. So characters that were the main character in one book are going to be like side characters in another. And it's really cool. I thought that was kind of neat, and I want to give that a whirl at some point. And then stand, just big standalones like Shogun, uh, I really enjoyed The Stand, and Anything by Dickens, where it's Basically has all the qualities of this like a massive series, but it's all one one big story. So that's just some definitions. So what would be sort of the good things about writing one? We'll get to the bad things. Yes. You get to develop the characters and the interactions and set up a whole. There's so much more you could put in a long work that you can't get. Yeah, I think what you're all kind of saying is it would be fun. Like, how many of you would have fun just, like, writing this massive... Yeah, you get to build a world, and, and that's really fun, which is the primary reason to write anything. So, I think I... It's like... You, like we were talking about, the readers get really, really invested. Payoffs. You... When you know something is going to happen, and you know it's not going to happen for, like... 700 pages, and then you get there, it's a good day. <laughs> that is a real, I mean, there's, there's no, nothing really more satisfying than writing something that you know you wanted to, but you've just been waiting for like a year, and then you get there. Uh, so that's a very nice feeling. All right, that part's about writing a little novel. Yes? I feel like the uh, failure, the penalty for failure, it's like you've invested so much then, and then if it fails, it's like, I just want to kill myself now. Right, don't. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, it can be really depressing. If you spend however long, just like thousands of hours working on something, and nothing comes from it. Now, I say that, meaning in terms of it being published, firm believer in that anything you write is not a waste of time. Something always comes from it in your development and what you've learned. You apply it to another book. But you're right. It, it's If you don't know if anything's going to come of it, it's a lot of pressure. And it, it can be kind of like soul-crushing. So I'm with you. And you're putting all your eggs into one basket. So you are, in the time that it takes you to write something that's really long, you could potentially have written two novels. And is it better to write something really long, or is it better to have two things that you could possibly shop and maybe get published? That's a big question. It requires patience, lots and lots of patience, and in most cases, a lot of long-term planning. You know, you have to be able to not necessarily see specifics, but you have to be able to see generalities. Like, I know in... 500 pages are going to be, like, there. Uh, I think of them as little signposts. Like, I know this is going to happen somewhere down the line. I know this is going to happen somewhere down the line. And it might change, but you need to kind of chunk it and have little mini things that you're working towards. If you start thinking about it like a whole big thing, you will lose your mind. You have to kind of break it down into smaller parts and just get your characters from point A and then to point B. Uh, in a very general sense, is what works for me. Now, other people are going to sit down and they're going to write a 50-page outline and they know exactly where everything goes. And I don't understand those people, but they yeah. do exist. 
and that's great. If you can do that, go to town. And this one. Let's say you get like a three-book deal, and then it doesn't work out. And that happens all the time. It's easy because a lot there are a lot of really huge series. And so I, I think in my head, at least, I was, I was like, oh, series are the way to go. But there's also a lot of series that don't pan out. With a, a series, if the first one isn't a smash and like gets a whole lot of audience, then you have the depressing idea of you're going to write the second and a third one or however many, um, and the audience might not be there. Now, it can pick up. As it goes on, uh, that's sort of what happened with mine. Like the first one came out and then it it did really well and then it kind of like slid off. And then when the second one came out, I picked up readers of the first one because you're always kind of promoting the first book. Um, and that was cool. But there have been you know other authors I know where they've been told, uh, you know, we're not going to let you write the third one. It's done. So it, it is it's kind of a tricky business. The whole standalone versus series sure. argument. Would it make, I've, I've heard publishers gripe and say, I wish I was receiving more standalones. So right. Would it be, make sense to say, like, here's this book, it is contained in and of itself, but should it have like some popularity, yeah. I have threads that I can pick up. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, this is whatever you want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> Just put it in bookstores and we're yeah. all good. Totally. Uh, and that, that was my approach for the, the first um, thickety as well. I was like, you know, it could be. It really has to be. It's done here, but if you guys like it, and you can find it. Totally, and a, a lot of times, you know, I've read, I've read books like that where the first one is really its own novel, and I was like, oh, but then they wanted more, didn't they? And it kind of, and kind of goes from. I think that's a very smart approach. One thing that you have to do, uh, I had the whole first book done, and then I had to give summaries for book two and book three, and I really didn't have much, so I kind of like BS my way through the summaries, and I, and I sort of went with it. And then with the other series that I, I just sold, I did the same thing. I had a, a pretty good idea of what the book one was, but then I sort of just kind of like lied uh, <laughs> about what book. I mean, it might be something like that. I don't really know. I, I have trouble thinking that far ahead. I kind of just discovered a story as I write. And then the scary part with me was I got... So the whole thing is about 300,000 words, which is, you know, your average Game of Thrones novel. Or, um, I got to about 100 pages into the third book, and I'm like, oh, crap, I'm not going to be able to finish this in one book. So I did ask. I was like, so can I write a fourth book? And they luckily said yes. Otherwise, the third book was going to be like 1,000 pages long. So that is where me not being a good outliner and being a poor planner could have potentially got me in huge trouble because I didn't know until that point. Um, and luckily, I was lucky enough that I, I was able to do the fourth one. The text of this recording is copyright 2017 by J.A. White. The sound recording is copyright 2018 by Odyssey Writing Workshops Charitable Trust.